0: We're alive. I think. I'm frozen. Everybody's frozen. This happened yesterday, too. Yeah. I know it's happening. Can Joe's not. Joe's literally the only person that's frozen moving. is the guest. Is guest. So, uh, Joe, you're now wow. in charge. There okay. we go. <laughs> there we go.
1: Caught up. It caught up. Hey, to all you viewers out there, we told you, we got only the best. Only the best. The, the top tier, the OG, the legends of CrossFit, Joe Degain is here with us. Grandpa Joe DeGayne, I should say.
2: I'm pumped. I can't, I'm, I'm excited. I'm honored to be on the show. Um, I am a grandpa, which means I have wisdom. So I'm excited to share <laughs> something. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, Hey, actually, I want to ask you this, Joe. I mean, I would consider you a friend same with, you know, Fern. We've known each other over 10 years, all of us. What, what do you think seeing us kind of doing our best hour thing? What's, what's the vantage point from the rest of seminar staff about us?
2: Too. Oh, 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 gosh! We have all kinds of material. I mean, we are entertained at our dinners. We just talk <laughs> smack about you guys. <laughs> That's what I would. Love. Uh, it's uh, it's it's great, and um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you know, the the CrossFit community, we've been uh, we we we've been starving for something like this, right? So some uh, there's there's free education. I know there's also paid education along with it, but uh, but there's little there's little tidbits about all sorts of stuff that is off the topic of what the L1 and L2 material is about how to run a business and whatnot. So, I mean, the, you know, the, the, this is, this is something the CrossFit community has been starving for for a long time. And um, I think it's awesome that uh, some trusted resources like you guys are doing it. Yeah. I'm, I, I love it. Entertaining too. Entertaining. Jay
0: apparently was just in dire need of some uh, ego stroking yeah, you know, to leave the, the show. With like, hey, yeah. could you just mind telling it's, me if well, you think we do a good job? Be Barry,
1: good. Horowitz. <laughs>
2: Barry Horowitz. Barry Horowitz. I thought it, I thought it was odd that that was what was in my description email was to just say some nice things to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> that was odd.
0: You're doing well. You're doing well so far. It's in the show notes. Uh, compliment Jay at every turn. Yep. Yep. You yep.
1: know, I, I told this story recently, Joe. I don't know. I think I've told you this. You and I took our level ones in Toronto, October two thousand seven. Yep, I didn't. We didn't know each other at the time. Those that are looking at Joe now, along with myself, we both had long hair. Joe had curly long hair, but he, you know, Joe is a monster to this day. But fifteen years ago, I mean, top tier CrossFitter. So, middle of day one, we're in this cold warehouse, and we do Fran.
2: Yes, and I remember this. I remember it, like he, it was yesterday.
1: Yeah. I didn't I didn't put two and two together that this was you until somebody, you know, like on Facebook put like the ten year ago picture up there. So yeah. so <laughs> I show up to the level one. You don't at the time in two thousand seven, you're like the only one doing it in your town. Right? So oh yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm kind of a badass over here. I'm and I remember saying this to Pat Sherwood, he probably has no recollection. I'm like, look. I don't know, there's some cameras around. You probably want to go get them because I'm about to do under eight minutes on this (laughs) rant thing, right? So I'm like, hey, Glassman, Nicole, Dave, come on over and watch me. So anyway, I believe we were both in the second heat.
2: Okay, okay.
1: I'm like, all right, that jack dude over there with the curly hair, I'm going to beat this guy. So I finish uh, my 21s. And I'm like three minutes and 3.30-ish in, right? 21. And I see, I see you. I don't realize it's you at the time. I see you kind of walk off. And I was like, that dude quit. How do you quit in CrossFit? Like, how does he quit? And meanwhile, later on, I'm like, oh, he finished. He was done. I'm just getting yeah, to my yeah. – I still got, you know, 15s yeah. and nines to go. Sherwood's over here like, this is how you kip. And I'm like, all right, dude. I'm not learning it right now. Like,
2: <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so mean, it the, wasn't the, for like the funny 10 thing years. about that
0: story, Joe, is he still has not learned to kip. Ten years later, <laughs> after that, fifteen years later, Pat Sherwood, it would be would be sorely disappointed. Uh, by the way, yep. thank you, Michael. Uh, and yes. we agree that yes, As Joe always. should be paid off uh, for giving Jay compliments. But <laughs> so
1: so anyway, it was like ten years later. Somebody posts that picture. I'm like, oh, that's Joe. And then I
2: realized. Oh, Is that right? Yeah. No, you never told me that specific story. You know, something else interesting about that seminar, Jay, is um, that was, if I'm not mistaken, that was Greg Glassman's last seminar. I believe it was. Yeah. He did all. Yeah. We kind of left out
3: with that.
1: I want to say like middle of day two, he left and Dave kind of took over. Dave Castro, that is. I remember Dave giving the GHD lecture. Um, What do you remember from that? Because I don't really... I remember the big squat group at the early in day 1 and we did like bottom to bottom tabata. I know we did Fran. We uh-huh. done like a fight gone badish workout. But yep,
2: we did a fight gone bad. We also did um, <laughs> um I forgot I, I forgot what the official name of it was. Uh, but it was kind of comical. It, it resembled a circle jerk. It was it was the medicine ball clean and jerk circle. Remember the oh, medicine ball? okay, yeah. It was on demand medicine ball clean. Everybody had to be in the bottom of the squat. You had to stand up. You had on, on command. You had to jerk the medicine ball, and then on command, everyone had to stand together. And um, and it was and it was torture. It was torture. And if I'm not mistaken, um, Eva t ran that portion of and she was oh man was she tough she was you had to be on command and hit every single part of that um of, of that uh medicine ball clean and jerk yeah but between that, those three like... things or four things we had fran fight gone bad we had the uh bottom to bottom to and then we had the the circle jerk uh, uh, medicine ball clean and jerk yeah and, and, and like that you was, said it was Greg's last one and oddly enough i saw i actually saw greg talk last night i went to one of those uh science uh breaking the science things how many um, words
1: did you understand at the lecture? oh
2: my goodness i know he's just <laughs> he's mesmerizing to listen to still he's uh but he also you know after he does say all those big words and stuff he does kind of he does kind of dumb it down for uh for all the jocks in the room to mm-hmm. to come around to what he's trying to get across yeah Yeah, well, it it's... was
0: the i think that was the feedback that we I Was like he sent it to jay and jay was like hey watch this and i was like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> tighten that up, man. Like, yeah, like who was he talking to? Yeah. And I was, and then I was like, and definitely don't end it with like, none of this really matters. So don't worry about it. You know, I was just like, let's, let's, let's tie that up a little bit
2: clean, a little bit cleaner. Um, so he was just in Michigan last
1: yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah. He
2: was at, a, he was at, a, he was at a Hillsdale college in Michigan last night. Oh, and cool. it was kind of neat to, uh, it was kind of neat to go out there and just see him in his um, doing his new thing and um, being in his, in his, in his element, you know, that was, that was a lot of fun.
0: That's cool. Um, real quick, before we launch, break. we're going to bury the lead, as Jay likes to say. We're going to bury the lead. So today, as of today, CrossFit launched a new in-person course um, called um, CrossFit Fundamentals course. Um, and this is a, it's a one-day in-person course. So if anybody's interested, oh, yeah, thank you, Cody. Appreciate that. Uh, it's a one-day in-person. It's not a certificate course, but it's for new people, experienced people who just want to get a little bit more information on CrossFit. And, uh, one day course it's in select areas right now, but if you're interested in it and you n- don't necessarily want to be a CrossFit coach, but want to get educated on it, um, you can attend these courses and they're pretty reasonable in price, but int- it's, you know, introduction, to the CrossFit methodology, uh, foundation and common movements, basics of nutrition, group workouts. It's like, it's fitting because common movements today, we're going to talk about the common movements theme in the level two. So
1: well, and Joe actually brought up a really good idea offline, you know, something we coach in affiliate, you is an ambassador program. And that'd be a great thing for someone that doesn't necessarily, you know, want to become a coach, you know, the level right. ones for everyone, for the record, whether you want to become a coach or not, but you know, a little bit of a lesser barrier to entry, just uh, you know, a one day thing kind of learn a little bit. I think that'd be great for those of you that are doing an ambassador program that can be a potential, Huge. you know, reward at, you know, to incentivize
0: them that's really well i cool just idea. always think it's good to have you know obviously you have your ambassadors that are that are pro your gym but have them you know they might they may not want to coach but they it's better than not for them to be a little bit more educated on the methodology right to understand mm-hmm. it and and to be able to like translate some of that that verbiage kind of like we were just talking about with, with coach glassman into layman's terms for the new people it never hurts to have more people flying the flag and speaking to it so check it out Um, But today, common movement themes. Level two, in my opinion, best course out there that CrossFit offers. We're going to dive into the common movement themes. Joe, in the level two, what is your favorite part about the level two course as a whole? Mm.
2: Well... How often do my bosses watch this, Jason?
0: Every day, every day. I fan. was with Nicole Carroll this past weekend. She's like, "Listen, I've been watching since day one. I'm an avid fan."
1: <laughs> Don Don Fall is our number one. You know, <laughs> my my Don favorite. Fall is
0: actually Trish. He's that's his. Uh, that's, his <laughs> that's true. That's
2: funny. My favorite part of the L two is uh, usually happens on day two, and that is when the participants start to get comfortable with uh, they developed a rapport with the staff and they start asking these questions that I think they came up with weeks ago before they came to the course. And they're usually, they're usually like client specific questions. Like, Hey, what do you do? I, what do you do if you have a client who is always showing up late for class? Uh, what do you do if you've got, um, I, I, you know, it, 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 you're only limited by your imagination with the stuff clients can do. And, and, and all the affiliate owners listening know that. You guys know that. Um, but, um, and they ask about these hypothetical people and, um, and they want to go down these rabbit holes. And essentially it, it, it ends up leading to a discussion about gym culture and, um, and, 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 how that, and how that scenario may have arrived by not fostering the right kind of culture that you want in your gym. And uh, you know, I've always believed uh, that in order to be a good coach, you have to have obvious, obviously a knowledge of your craft, but you also have to have that unaccredited degree in psychiatry to know to know how to get through to your people, to know how to foster that that community that you want to have um, that fits your liking of what you're looking for, and um, and and then and it always leads to that psych that unaccredited degree in psychiatry of of what people need to have to address those questions. So so it's all the side discussions that happen, and, the, and right. we go off on tangents. It's those things. Um, yeah, cause they're real, they're authentic conversations about real frustrations that people have in the gym.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I similarly like day two, cause I think day two, you see some breakthroughs. You see somebody who was struggling with somebody, something pretty significantly on day one, make some headway on whatever that kind of, whether it was a presence and attitude issue or a correcting issue or a seeing issue, uh, watching them get to unpack it. And actually like, Oh, be like, that was, that was objectively better than it was yesterday. And you've done it with more people. So like this, I I always, I always find that to be like the best part about the
2: level two. Yeah. Lots of aha moments. Definitely lots of aha moments. Yeah.
0: I I love
1: that. That's, that's true. I love the day two Q and a at the beginning. Cause you're right, Joe. And, and I think for a lot of. Whether they're owners or coaches are like, all right, we've got a scenario It's unbelievable. You're not gonna (laughs) believe (laughs) this. This never happened before, and you're like, "This happened the three other gyms last week."
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: So let's let's dig in. We're gonna talk about the common movement themes. Can you guys name the common movement
0: themes? Well. Can you name the common movement themes, Jay? Wow. In fairness, Obviously, they're, they're in the flow, email.
1: Thank you, Cody.
0: Two, fl- two. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna let you cheat, but let's assume that the two flow masters know it and that. Maybe, I, you know
1: I, this is how I remembered MCBP safe. <laughs> That's how I remember them. When That's I, fair. you know, you know, it's an acronym right there. Okay. Uh, uh, how'd you guys? Did you guys just remember the eight? Yeah, there we go. Joby did it the same way. Um, yeah. How'd you guys remember that? That because I remember. You know, you get through the level one for those that are listening, you've learned. You know, I think there's nine lectures in the level one, and you've kind of made your way through there. And then all of a sudden, you're like, Cool, I get to work level twos. And you're like, Oh, wait, I got to learn a whole bunch of new lectures. And this, at the time when the three of us, at least Fern and I, maybe it was a little different for you, Joe, but it was like an hour and 15 lecture. Now it's a little, yeah, now I want to yeah. say it's like 45, right? 45, but it's, no. a, yeah. But it's like all of these themes, tons of movement demos. So I remember when I got this, I was like, "Wow, this is a lot to understand and unpack."
2: But um, yeah, it's a robust—it's a robust lecture. It definitely is. It, there's, um, it is—it's—it's it's robust and it's—and it's very, very valuable. I mean, you can almost see when I deliver that lecture, you can see little light bulbs going off in people's heads um, because I also believe it's coming right off of a scene drill. We're coming right off of a scene drill when yep. we go into that. And um, and and then and then I think it's it's very valuable information where it can, uh, you can just see uh, dots being connected in participants' heads um, as we start just uh, identifying things and it just seems so obvious to them once you say what the theme is and once you introduce what it is and where you look for it and what the faults are people are they're they're, they're pretty amazed at, at how much logical sense it makes.
0: So you you just brought something up there which is kind of like the your kind of flow through presenting that information. And you, you brought up a couple of things, what it is and then where to look. And I think that's the big takeaway when we're talking about these. And we will obviously talk about all of them. I was actually just looking at the trainer guide to see if that was the exact, cause I remembered them. I think it was just based on like my, I, re, I remember everything about how I set my board up.
2: Yeah. So yep. it
0: wasn't an acronym. I just remember like these four are on this side and then these four are on this side. And then I was looking up in the, in the actual, in the participant trainer guide, not ours, what the uh, order is. And I guess I never realized that it was in that order for the acronym until I was, but I wanted to make, I was looking to see if it was the same as the way you remembered it, Jay, which is probably and why you really remembered it that way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: yeah. So, so uh, what, do, yeah, what did you... I,
2: I think I memorized it in the order of uh, midline uh, core to extremity uh, balance frontal plane. Then we go to posterior chain engagement. Am I, am I in order yep. right now from the chain yep. the tra- and then, then we yep. go to sound hip flexion. Then we go to active shoulders. Yep. yep. Okay. Range of motion and, and, yep. and grip and stance. Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: Yep. Crushed it. You get to keep your job, Joe. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Woo! All right. I'm Man. gonna punch out of this yeah, podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm, and
0: I'm, just for the out. record, go out, on, any, go out on top. Yeah, go out on top. Also, if, for anybody that's registered for the level four, you may see this handsome gentleman oh. uh, you know, tucked away in the corner of your gym. Basically, evaluating you for failure. Um, (laughs) How much? How much can you talk about it, Joe? You're, you're one of
1: the handful of assess. Are we allowed to say that you're? I mean, we're live, so Fern did just
2: say it, but questions that need answering. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, I can basically I can recite anything that's already that's already public. Um, Which I mean, there's a. you know, there's a there's a rubric that's public. There's um, uh, there's um, there's some things that are public out there and I can recite any of those. I have it printed but, out right uh, here. Yeah, there we you go. There it is.
0: The level four yeah. handbook right here.
2: Yeah, it is. It is definitely interesting, though. I mean, we are we are only supposed to it, it, we are under strict orders to only talk about the stuff that's public. So um, so I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I get nervous when I'm talking about it because I'm because I'm trying to decipher. Wait, is that public? Is that where, where are we at with that? um yeah i mean obviously yeah i mean it's it, you can't talk about
0: like how you grade or what the workouts are or any of that other yeah
2: stuff, just. now essentially yeah you you, you come to a, a senior staff members gym is usually what the case is or you can schedule your own private level four and um and basically you coach a class and i know like logically that seems kind of weird you're going into somebody else's gym and you're just going to coach a class at their at their affiliate, but um but we try to you know we try to Tea people up for success, by people come in, they have, they have name tag. Everybody's got a name tag. Cause obviously you don't know everybody's name. You have a name tag. You get to show up beforehand and kind of check out the gym space. So it's not like you're just coming in on two tires and um and you don't understand what the gym space is, but, um, but yeah, you come in and then, and then essentially you're graded on the what's exactly right there in the rubric, uh, Jay. And I think that they are, uh, there's some, there's some teaching, right. And there's some seeing and some correcting some group management, presence and attitude. And then um, I believe rather than demonstration, which is the sixth foundation we talk about at the L2, um, it has more to do with application. Right. Uh, And basically that's application of the theoretical methodology is what it is. And um,
0: Jay, what you you should probably get familiar with is the appeals process. Like how do I appeal? (laughs) uh, uh, We're great, so it's right here. You just want to send an email to certifications at crossfit.com if you want to appeal the ruling. Send
1: it to, send it to HR.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny. You can appeal it. That is really funny. I mean, and it's probably I, like,
0: it's probably like appealing a, a no rep at the games. They're like, thanks. Yeah. But uh, the score stands.
1: <laughs> noted. <laughs> noted. Um, but
2: interesting enough, like, uh, you know what I was at, when I was at dinner last night, there was uh, there was an L3 coach that was sitting at my table and, um, and he asked me, you know, what, what does it do? So, I go get my l four I pay this price tag, I get oh, this l four like what what am i am I better on monday is is essentially what he was asking and I mean, yeah, you'll probably learn something and, and you'll be and you'll be better on monday um and you'll be better for what you go through in the process of preparing for this l four but and i don't I don't know if you guys have already addressed this on the podcast or not it it is the only it is the only certification in the fitness industry. That is an actual practical – it's a practical grade. Like, like we're going to watch you in the moment. We're going to watch you do your thing, and then we are going to evaluate you on you doing your thing. And I I mean unless you guys can think of one right now, I can't think of any other buddy, any other hitter in the fitness there, industry that offers a certification like that.
0: There is one other, and it is like – it's in the strength and conditioning world, but it's, it's, um, it is not – like this, like there, it is a practical thing where you have to show up and you have to demonstrate some stuff, but it is, it's in a much more controlled environment, meaning like you have to demonstrate the United from yeah. certain things. Um, but so there is one, and I can't remember, it's, it's not, it's not CSCS. It's like CC. I can't remember what it is, but there is another one. Um, but it is not like this. It is not a live, like no holds barred walk in here. This is a, this is a, like a legit real class. And you don't get yeah, any, yeah. any information beforehand. Like you're going to have to deal with all these problems real
2: time. Yeah. You got you got some people in the class of openly the CrossFit for a week. You got some people in, in class who are, who are old hands in the gym. You got some people who just, uh, you know, are, 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 I don't know. Group cohesion matters and everything. Yeah. Right. So it's uh, a, it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a good test. So, it really is. So assuming you can answer
1: this, someone shows up for the L four
2: How much are the participants
1: there, like noted, like oh that guy's kind of being a pain in the ass, you know, like 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 do you guys weigh that if I if someone shows up like we know plenty a handful of people that have been through. our I don't know if you can talk about that. Right. That's what. But I'm interested because because that could make or break a class essentially.
3: I like. I
2: I think that's really interesting what just happened. Jay uh, Fern, I appreciate I appreciate you stepping in and saying I don't think you can talk about that. And, well, then I said, I also, and then Jason, you, a, you Ackerman, you just completely disregarded it. Like, yeah, but I'm wondering, though. I, I, I know he might not yeah, be able to talk I, to but I'm, I'm wondering.
3: Curious. <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. out loud. Yeah, yeah. I, this is
0: one of those answers where it's just like a great coach can solve that problem based on how they approach said problem set.
2: Mm. Nice play on words there. That's good.
0: I like that. That, yeah. that
2: was good. That, that was, was good. concise and to oh. the point.
0: So how about this, show with regard to common movement themes? So there are eight, right? So we have the nine foundational movements, we have the six criteria, and then we have the eight common or the eight themes within the common movement themes Do, is as a coach, right? So we could speak to a, you know, a coach on the everyday floor uh, and we'll speak even specifically to somebody who's prepping for their level four. Is there a priority across these eight or how would you approach that?
2: Yeah, I hear you. Um, I can't. No, I can't. I can't say that I. Th- you know, there's. I can't say that there is a priority because because they all, 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 although they are all listed independently of one another, they all are intertwined. Right there's there's a little bleed over from all of them, and the and the easiest way I can, comment on that would be that um is is the grip and the stance, which is which is listed as like we, we, when we named them off, that's the last one, that's the eighth right one. So, I mean, if you were just looking at it, you say, oh, well the, the least important one would be grip and stance. However, uh, as we all know, adjusting grip and stance can fix any violations in any one of those other themes. Um, and then, yeah. And, and then, and then I think it's also going to be person specific as well. Um, uh, it's going to be unique to where um, what is, what is the most important? Well, that's going to be where, where some people are, where are they failing at in all of these and the low hanging fruit, I think is just to assume that midline stabilization is, and, and, that, and that's definitely big, but, um, but I mean, if it's, if they're only having minor violations in midline stabilization and I, yeah, you know, I, I, I guess I would compare that to, um, I don't know, maybe we've got somebody with that's losing their lumbar curve and maybe it's slipping from that. From that concave position, maybe into, let's say, a flat back. It's not actually like going into a convex, but it's just slipping into a, a flat back. But we've got, but we've got somebody who's who's got knees that are that are touching each other. Well, we've got a serious posterior chain engagement problem. Um, and and by degree, for that person, it's going to be more important with the posterior chain engagement is going to be more important than that that back that slip slip from the lumbar curve to the flat back. On the other hand, you got somebody who slips from a, a lumbar curve into a convex position. Right. So they're, they're bowed out like a Halloween cat, but you got, then they're also, they got their knees are caving in, but just slightly. Um, So, so the category definitely matters, but the degree of the fault matters as well as to where you're going to place it on your priority list there.
0: But how do I figure this out, Joe?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's, um,
0: I don't know. That's what do I
2: do? That's time under tension. Is That's just, that's just getting out there. You're saying you have to coach. You gotta coach, you gotta do it, you gotta be part of the process. And 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 you gotta be nice to yourself really as a coach, because you, you you gotta be nice to yourself and realize that you're gonna walk off that dance floor once in a while and you're not gonna be happy with the decision you made to prioritize this over that. And um, and you gotta be able to have the ability to self-reflect, you gotta have the ability to look back and say, I probably should have done this. And then um and 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 a lot of it does rely on you. It relies on you to coach and to do the self-reflection and to try to make yourself better because we all know that the, that the walls, those four walls of their gym, super easy, just to become isolated on your own little Island. Nobody ever sees you and you just start coaching your own way. And you can make these patterns happen over and over again that you just, because of complacency. And um, if you don't challenge yourself like that and start coaching, yeah, you get time under tension is how you figure that out. Time
1: under tension is a CrossFit thing that coaches say about multiple things, but we use that, in the, in the training world, and also in the, in the coaching space too. I like that. Um, you know, you need that time under tension, but, uh, tangent, Joe, how did you develop into the coach you are today from that level one? You know, those that don't know, Joe, eight, one, zero CrossFit longstanding, great affiliate in, in Michigan division one wrestler, you at Michigan state, right? Chase University, Michigan
2: broke my heart just now. (laughs) One of the Michigan. I am not part of the Greenie Weenie Club, man. I I don't.
0: I don't think you understand how much of a insult that is. That that cuts deep if you're from. from But I appreciate
2: all the compliments before that, though. I appreciate all. D one wrestler, former. Hey Joe,
1: tell the story about um, when you were a teacher and somebody did the scantron. And you said every time there was a wrong answer, it would beep. I've heard you tell that story before, and it was like beep, yeah. beep, 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 beep. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: And that was, and you you were a phys ed teacher, and then you you know resigned, if you will, to become a
3: yeah,
1: prospect coach. What was this? Story all right, there's a, a lot. There's a lot
2: to unpack. You want you want the friend you want the Scantron story, or do you want to know how I ended up getting into coaching and identifying? Yeah, both I want all of it. He wants all of it.
0: He wants, to, first he wants to give track. cody he wants to give cody an aneurysm is what he wants <laughs> cody's trying to keep the show on track and jay's just well, like
1: it's so hard, hard. because we're breaking down the manual every week and we have these amazing <laughs> guests we had Haydock last week you pat barber and it's like man these are ogs they're legends in crossfit and i want to hear you talk about
2: this great yeah, stuff but well, at the
1: same time you have amazing stuff to be talking about
2: well, let me see if I can't uh, combine this answer to, to be both of, you, both of them. So I was, before CrossFit, I was a school teacher. I, I taught school for about 12 or 13 years. And during that time, I was a wrestling coach as well. Um, and then, I, and then of course, I was a wrestler all my life, like you were mentioning earlier, um, for University of Michigan, Jason. And um, during that time, so really being part of the wrestling community all that time, that's, and just watching wrestling movement when I when I switched over to CrossFit, and I was a physical education teacher and a wrestling coach, so I already had an eye for watching human movement happen. But once I switched over to CrossFit, I can I can actually remember uh, early on in like my L1 and, and then at my L2, which then eventually became known as L4. I can remember um, uh, Nicole actually being like like asking me the same thing: How do you see movement so well? And it was because CrossFit movement was really easy for me to see once you were a wrestling coach. When you're a wrestling coach and you're watching all the dynamic positions and they're happening so fast, and and you're watching hip placement and and and, and, and hip function and whatnot, and and uh, and and where uh, pieces of the body should be at a given time. When I switched over to CrossFit, I was like, "Oh, we're just watching one person move a barbell. Oh, this is this is this is easy. I, it was it was really easy to see because I was used to watching somebody else trying to manipulate another body that's that's moving as well." Um, so I think I would attribute that to, um, to my ability to see human movement. And eventually the, then the common movement themes was just putting context on all of it is all it was. Um, but as a teacher, Jason, um, so we had to run scantrons through the scantron machine. Do they I, still, mean, I don't know if they
1: even still use scantrons.
2: It, it, I, I highly doubt it, but you remember on the, on the side, there would always be those little pink dots, um, uh, that, that would mean you got one wrong. There'd be like a red dot or dash next to your question on the scantron machine, your, your answer. And when you feed it through the Scantron machine, if a kid gets like three wrong, it goes click, click, click. But if you feed one through that has a lot wrong, it'll go click, 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 click as it goes through. Well, my last day in the teaching industry, I'm standing in line at the Scantron machine. And I got I got like 100 Scantrons, 200 Scantrons. I got to run through. And the woman in front of me was the meanest teacher I'd ever met. Um, She was mean to me. She was mean to kids. She was mean to uh, principals and other teachers, parents. She was just a mean, grumpy old lady. And I didn't even want to talk to her, so I wasn't saying a word. But well, she feeds her Scantron through the machine, and it sounds like a bandsaw when it goes through there. <laughs> it's just like, ee! And it was so bad that I had to say something to her. I'm like, hey, I'm kind of peeking around. Who, who got that many wrong? And she picks it up. She picks it up. <laughs> she show me the Scantron machine. And the in the kid bubbled in pissed off across all the bubbles, <laughs> <and just laughs> the bubbles It just said piss off across all of them and i know, and i was so politically correct i was like oh you got to turn that in immediately i can't believe he did that to you <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> yeah that was uh that was my last day in the teaching industry yeah uh-huh.
0: yep. all right back on track Fern.
2: yeah let's circle back around i love it yeah
0: um <laughs> so how about this I'll, I'll go the other end of the spectrum so is there one of those eight or are there a few of those eight that you find coaches specifically struggle to see and correct so uh, like thinking like is there one you're like man people really struggle with that and I've got a couple that come to mind um but I, w- I was curious on your thoughts
2: yeah I hear you um I think um yeah I got a couple in mind too that I could kind of rattle off off the top of my head and I think they're they're not necessarily overall themes, but I think they're uh, position specific specific themes. Um, like one would be, uh, I I I think that there's a lot of coaches who struggle to see an active shoulder in a kipping pull-up. I okay. think, um, especially on the descent of a kipping pull, not necessarily an active shoulder, maybe in an overhead, in an overhead position or or, or just pressing overhead, but hanging from a bar. Um, I see a lot of athletes that just, like, just surrender to the load as they come off of a kipping pull-up and coaches just let it go. Um, uh, another one, I think, would be, like, the sound hip function. I think a lot of coaches um, – I think a lot of coaches specific I, – I think as a community we've gotten really good at um, seeing lack of hip extension. Mm-hmm. But I feel like – I, I feel like our ability – Maybe not our, I don't know if it's our ability to fix a uh, to see a muted hip, but I see a lot of coaches struggle to fix a muted hip um, when when once they see it. I think it happens fast. I think the athlete recovers from it real almost like a box jump, right? Like they they do something, the hip's muted, then it's gone, and it just gets overlooked. Um, so I don't know if it's not seen, or if it's not being, or, or if it's a lack of ability to correct it. But I think um, I mean those are just a, a couple off the top of my head that I think I, I see coaches Well, struggling. you brought up
0: one that was one of the questions that we had too, which is like, so actually, I'm not even sure if it's super apparent when you see a super uh, a muted hip. I think a lot of people mis misinterpret or or don't actually know the difference between uh, lack of hip extension and and, and mm, that's fair hip. enough. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll well they'll call one the other. they will be like, oh, yep. that's a muted hip, and I'm like, it's it's wrong. But I get where you're going with that. You're calling yep. it the wrong yep. thing. But with the muted hip, what is what is one of the best ways that you've found to correct an athlete in the media? And the, again, Trish is here, so or Don Fall is here. The uh the comments are out of the comment section is out of control. <laughs> just, and just I'm just so glad that. that everybody's hating on you for your for your This is on you. This is on you, Fern. Yeah. I love it. Fern it's made great. me wear these today. Yeah. I did not want yeah. to wear them. I can't put my arms down. Um the
1: so how <laughs> would you just, fix that the, are they remaking a christmas story God,
0: i think they are actually yeah. the uh so muted hip joe how like what are some effective ways and we actually did this in the one of the recent staff calls um we had like the little room breakouts and people were going through like hey what do you struggle with the most and and how do you, you go about ways of fixing it mm, um, yes i remember but, that yep but for a muted hip like what was what's a couple of key ways that you find that are like your go-to is not necessarily like this will fix it for everybody, but what's your, what's a go-to for you?
2: Yeah, well, um, I'll, let me give you two answers to that. One would be like in a one-on-one situation. Um, uh, and one would be like in a group setting. I got, I got one second okay. to fire off a, a verbal key. Right. One of my, definitely my favorite way is if I can get somebody, if I can get somebody to, essentially do, if you can just visualize like an unweighted, like a snatch balance, but not actually with any of the over not with the snatch, just the ability to jump up and then pull yourself down and land
3: and, yeah. it, w- without any
2: additional barbell in your hand in any manner. So you're just standing feet right under your Just Can you jump up and land in a good squat? Right. Um, because I think, you know, their body, when, when the muted hip happens, the athlete knows, the athlete knows, the mind knows the body has to go down but they're just going down by doing a limbo basically rather than actually squatting. So I'm just trying to teach them how to how to go back down. Um mm. to, so so getting somebody in a one-on-one situation say okay just jump up and land in a squat. Just jump up and land. Now do your clean and land in a squat. Don't land in a limbo. Um uh just to jump up and land that way. That's actually where I see it the most common at. Is in the receiving position of a clean is where I see the muted hip is is most often.
0: Yeah, the the old high school clean, the high school football clean. Mm. Um,
2: and yeah. uh, in I, on the on the dance floor when you say three two one go and um, the inmates are running the asylum and it's and it's going bananas <laughs> in the gym, and and you've just got and you got you don't have time to run over and be like hey, I need you to jump up and land in a squat. Um, I I like to tell I'll just run up to people, and I like a visual cue. I'll, I'll 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 get right in front of them. I'll 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 turn myself profile so they have the so they have the ability to see, and I'll point right at my hip. And I'll just kind of do like a little partial squat and I'll pull and I'll point that my hips going back. I'll say, hey, when you go down, go back with your butt, like you're going down to a chair back with your butt. Right. And I'll just try to say that so they can look at me. They can see it real quick. And they're just seeing my fingers point backwards. And then hopefully, um, hopefully. <laughs> um you know and then uh, and then uh, and then I'll go from there but usually those are my two most successful cues. They don't obviously no cue is perfect it never works 100% of the time Right. but uh, those are my go-tos. Yeah. The
0: um I the visual I think is key and I think the the key takeaways are is like you you use the visual in the midst of the workout because that's where it's most effective typically speaking. Um yeah. the other one I find that a lot of people skip over is is the depth of the dip tends to become a problem and they're looking at everything except for like how far down that trap that that distance of travel is when they go through the dip portion of it and if they just shorten that up they tend to be more upright in some of those positions so if anybody gets stuck uh check that out as well and that can help as well um the what was the other there was something else in here that you brought up that i wanted to get to uh i lost it anyway um and yes we could do a show just with these comments everybody and and you guys could we should we should do one and we'll just we'll title the show don't ever watch this uh, I, I do not
1: i don't know yeah i you know i used to think you and i said some outrageous things fern these people are crazy yeah uh these this, this is what crazy.
0: happens when savan uh, gets kicked off <laughs> of youtube and like that's true
1: um y'all <laughs> come here hey we'll, we'll we'll take it so well you already
0: and so he already he already addressed this question work. Where, where do most people get active shoulder wrung? and i yes i would agree a lot of that is in the pull-up and it, that's just a general awareness and sometimes a lack of strength
2: uh piece mm, just why right 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 when they push away from the bar when they come down they're on their way and it's just you can almost just hear the this is mm. the yankiness and see the surrender happening Um, yeah. And it just, and again, just like the box jump or like that muted hip and a push press where it's just happening quick. Like it just, I think it's just so fast and it's over before you know it. I think a lot of times coaches just let it go.
0: Which it, uh, this other question here is like, which one is the most controversial point of these? And I, I believe it would be active shoulders. There, there are some points of contention with regard to, pro versus retraction of the shoulder, depending on the movement. So I've seen many people teach retraction, like scapular retraction in overhead positions, um, is, is something that I've seen taught more than yeah. a few times.
2: Um, yeah. and I have, um, uh, and I have empathy for that, for that point of view. I get that. Cause you do see, cause you do see a lot, a lot of times when people put a bar over their head, you can really see
3: that happen, uh,
2: and and how do you do that you pull you pull down you right. pull down and retract and undo and um and i think yeah i think i think sometimes I, I i could see that yeah with the active shoulder i think um i think sometimes it's the active shoulder seems to be a um something that is taught in a contrived manner to get a point across
3: i would agree right yeah. to
2: to base in to in try, many positions not surrender yeah. Yeah, many positions. Like we're gonna we're gonna pull down, and then, you know, and 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 also even like active shoulders. I think you know, I, I think to the, you know, to the newer coach or to the to the uh, rudimentary coach, it's easy just to say just like blindly just press up into, just blindly press up into the bar, which we know which we know can also lend to. If I'm gonna press up as hard as I as far as I can, I can stay really really good. But if I keep pressing up, and I just keep pressing up, that 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 shoulder is gonna rotate the wrong way. So I think, I think it could be overtaught just in a manner because coaches know that people are going to probably surrender it.
0: Right. And I think this is a, this is a good question here in the overhead squat. Why press up when shoulders down and back feel better? A, I think that's subjective, Kyle. So I'm not saying you're wrong, but that's, that doesn't always feel better to everybody. So I've said many people that struggle in that position, but I think. This is, I think this, I think discussion around this topic, specifically active shoulders requires nuance. So it's, I don't think it's up or down. It's just neutral and that requires a fight, right? So I'm not actively pulling them down because that would inherently restrict your ability to move, you know, the, your shoulders through range of motion, which is required in the overhead squat specifically. Um, And then pressing up, like you just said, can in many instances result in internal rotation. So both of those, in in done to a contrived uh, point, would result in poor position or poor technique.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you have to in that in that overhead squat. I appreciate that question, Kyle. You have to press up. You have to. That bar is over your head. You have. There has to be upward pressure on that. I mean, if you if all you're doing is pulling down, that's you're not going to be able to support that load. There has to be upward pressure. It's just a matter of how much of it is in there. Right. Um, and, and I do, I do hear about putting that shoulder in the right position, pulling it down, but then you have to press up once you're there. But, but to get into that locked position, um, you, you have to press up with that bar over your head. Yeah.
0: I think it's, um, I think it's just, a, it's a nuanced and I think people piss and moan about uh, silly stuff like that. It's just like, it's like one of those positions, you know, it's good or bad when you see it. Like if it's restricted, it's bad. If it's internally rotated, it's bad. Just put them in a better position, which is mm, you're right.
2: Yeah. You know, I um. I say that all the time that our eye, the eye, our human eye is an exquisite gauge for proper movement. It really is. So even if you don't know all the points of performance, I hope coaches do know all the points of performance. But even if a coach doesn't know all the points of performance, we've all we've all seen like a bone break or something on YouTube or in real life. And it just makes you cringe. You're like, I don't know. The body's not supposed to do that. It just doesn't feel right. And when you see that shoulder looking all rotated in, or when you see those knees caving in and somebody looks like Bambi on ice, um, uh, you can trust your eye that like that knee doesn't look aligned, move mm-hmm. it that way. And you can trust that, that intuition in your gut. I think that's something that you can lean on when you see something that just doesn't look natural in the gym. Uh, so, but go, oh, right, no. I want to go back for one yeah, sec. You ahead. said,
1: because one of the questions that Cody prepared was, what is the most controversial point about this topic? CrossFit contains lots of movements that aren't functional. For example, handstand walking or snatching. And Joe, I don't know if this is an answer you've given out before, but I think we were at Rogue. I just remember this for some reason. And someone was like, kind of asked this question about um, an agility ladder. And I'm going to paraphrase what you said, because I've stolen it as my own many times. But it was Joe gain. And he said something like, you know, I don't know, but if grandma can do an agility ladder, I'm a little less concerned that she's going to fall down and not be able to get back up. Right. So I think you can classify a lot. You said that. I think you can classify a lot of these movements as, yeah, they're not functional, but if you can do them, life's going to be a little bit easier for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I hear it. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, if grandma can do the dot drill or can do the, 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 the agility ladder drill, um, I have all the confidence in her going down into the basement to get a can of beans or something that she canned last year. And she can, if she falls, she can, she can get her foot out right there. Um, but then, but then some of the movements, I think it becomes even more, I, I think it becomes more apparent as to how they're still functional and the snatch being one of them, right. Where like, we, we know that the squat is, is a, is a, is a functional movement. We don't have to argue about that. We know that the deadlift is, um, we know that the, you know, the, just, just the plain ability to accelerate something through your hip to get it to a position of support is, is a fun. And then when you can, when you can combine all those movements and do this cool movement that just looks amazing, like, oh, oh yeah, are we going to go and snatch a bag of dog food off the ground? No, we're not probably going to do that, but we have all the confidence that this individual, oh, I hope I can still snatch when I'm 90. That means I'm not in the nursing home. Uh, handstand push or handstand walk. I, I, I think I heard you say that one. Um, if, if 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 I'm 90 and I have the ability to balance in the frontal plane while I'm on my hands, I would consider that a pretty big attribute to me being able to keep my balance in any given situation um, out there in the real world.
0: Well, I think this is a discussion about, you know, if we're talking functional movements are only one part of – CrossFit, right? Or one aspect is one piece of the definition. So, constantly varied functional movements executed at in high intensity. But then, when we talk about the definition of fitness, if we're thinking work capacity to cross broad time and modal domains, well, part of that definition is built off of the very first model, which is the 10 general physical skills, right? So, yes, those movements are not functional. However, if we're talking about the agility ladder, walking on your hands, doing a snatch balance, even with just a broomstick or a PVC pipe, it does speak to many of the things within inside the list of the ten general physical skills, and if you do not have the cardiorespiratory endurance, strength, stamina, flexibility, speed, power, coordination, accuracy, agility, and balance, if you're deficient in any one of those, well, it, it, it highlights a deficiency that would make your life better if we could correct it. Right. So it's not just yeah, about the functional yeah. movements, but it's just like I tell people, I'm like, should everybody be snatching one thirty five? Absolutely not. Some people should not snatch ninety five, but. If my 75-year-old grandma can snatch a PVC pipe to your point Joe, I know a lot of things about her ability to navigate her world yeah, whether she's yeah. in the backyard doing gardening or going to the grocery store getting things like she has a capacity to move through ranges of motion and 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 get up Right, and I yeah. think, I think yeah. that's where people get lost in the functional movement. It's just like, are you going to do that every day? That's a joke I make all the time. Are you going to snatch your your luggage into the overhead compartment on a plane? Probably not. Might probably do yeah. a clean, oh, right. a clean yeah. push press. But if you did snatch it, like we're best friends now, because I'm gonna I'm gonna see you. Right, we're good. But so and in I the think training, get, in the training setting, right.
2: how many how many chances are you gonna get a bang for your buck with? with being able to put all that neurological kinesthetic work right. all into one movement. We only right. got so much time in a day to train. Yeah. Do a snatch. You're going to knock out all a bunch of the requirements of what you want to be able to do the rest of your life. Yeah. Right.
0: And yes, Michael, I was just showing off. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> um, so, oh, there was, oh, so you're going back to the, the, the knees thing that you brought up, Joe. There's another question here about posterior chain engagement. If you find someone, um, whose knees, are consistently diving in when squatting or collapsing as they run. What are your go-to ways to help them better recruit posterior chain and develop awareness with those uh in air quotes inactive muscles?
3: Hmm.
2: yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I definitely um you know, you see do I have uh, I don't want to I got a I got gotta bunch some over here, but I don't want to feel like a walking billboard, but um um De- I mean, I, 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 definitely believe in them. The little, the, you can get those cheap little bands that go around the knees oh, yeah. and they're just constantly pulling. I, th- I think Slim even, shot. um, yeah, what if I do have one sitting right here? I guess I, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, those are f- these things. Those are and from, they just, um,
3: the,
0: the crossover, uh, crossover movies. symmetry makes those.
2: Yeah. Uh, and, um, and I think I, I, I really do. I think that's a huge aha moment, but, and it's not even a matter of, a lot of times, I mean, I mean, definitely right on that question that like, how do you get them to develop the strength? But I would, I would, I would argue that you, it's, it's definitely the, the CrossFit definition of strength, right? Which is the productive application of force, which is basically just our our brain telling our body to turn it on. Right. Um, Not necessarily the, 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 the muscle fiber is probably there. The muscle fiber is probably there. They have the ability to do, they just don't they don't have the neurological connection to turn then you put one of those on or one of the just the thin band it doesn't have to be right and I love it you got it up here and what is what I mean it's 45 awesome sexy looking tool that you can right. use but I mean this can be done this this can be done with a with a cheap little one dollar band um, yeah. as well
0: and they're they are uh meaning crossover symmetry is one of the apn partners so I believe it's like 30 percent if you go into your affiliate portal to oh, buy those, okay. yeah. uh, you get a pretty significant. And
3: yeah,
0: banded marches are like legit f- fantastic warm up tool. And there's so many variations of yeah. banded march yeah. that it's wild. And I, um, and I think
2: just, just talking about it, just talking about it as a coach, just doing it in your general warm up and just talking about it is that's the education that just kind of seeps into your athletes' heads. Um, and you, and, and you talk to about it in the, do you feel that guys? And then you say, Hey, we're going to be running today. And that's what, that's what your knees should Your, your knees should be, you, 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 they shouldn't be collapsing in. You should have this kind of emotion happening today mm-hmm. and they can take that feeling they have and apply it to other things.
1: We are not sponsored by crossover symmetry, but we are sponsored by best hour of their day.
3: I haven't I have not made this much money as an affiliate owner ever. Like <laughs> I and almost like I get uncomfortable to even sometimes bring it up because I'm like, I, I don't want affiliates to feel like, hey, like I'm not there. Like I just I've never had this much rapid success rate, this much traffic, this much involvement, this much just even community building within themselves. It is wild what's happening at Cal Harbor. And I have a system in place to just balance every single piece of it. So it's not, it's not like a, a, a dismantle to, to juggle, right? Like everything is operating smoothly and it's almost like scary how successful everything has like, is being becoming. I spoke to my website guy a couple, uh, two days ago. And I was like, I almost called you and told you to shut down my website. Cause I can't keep up with all these inquiries. Like, I can't, you know, <laughs> don't it, do it, that. It, yeah, I, know, I know I won't. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, and I, I'm really, the biggest thing I try to tell my coaches is my goal, what I've been focusing mainly on is breaking that myth. Yeah. I want to break this myth that people who think that people who own affiliates or own gyms, it's like a hobby. It's a thing that's not going to be long-term. You're doing it because you enjoy it. It's not quote, unquote, a real job. Like I'm breaking that. I want to break all of that. I, like you said, I'm ready to take home six figures, provide my staff with such stable income that they're just like, this is my full-time gig. This is what I do for a career. And that kind of mentality has fueled me to just keep on doing what I'm doing with everything. Um, Cause I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm sick and tired of people thinking that affiliate ownership is like a short term thing, that it's not fun, that it's not successful. It's like, Oh, you, you know, what are you gonna do for a real job? This is my real job, motherfucker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Salty. That's why we that's like right? bringing the heat. But uh, he Louie's killing it. But here's here's what's important. Like he's doing a he's doing his gym's doing fantastic. But here here's actually what I think is more important. He's so happy at his gym. That's what that's the most important thing to me. And for what we do, is that like yes, all those things are good. But like that dude's so happy as an affiliate owner, and that's what I want for all affiliate owners. Like I want them to be like over the moon about their thing. Um, And then obviously make as much money as you want, but like you should love it. And it should, it should absolutely provide value to your life instead of stress you fuck out.
1: And by the way, those are not fabricated. Those are just simply, we're on calls with clients throughout the day. And Louis was saying that. And I was like, yo, we record a lot of our calls. I'm going to clip that. He was cool with it. We're not setting up a camera and doing fake calls. Right, Fern?
0: yeah, there are people that do that, which is weird. Uh, but we are not them. Yes. Uh, uh, so, um, so Joe, when you, what's your, to kind of, if you, when you wrap up the, the common movement themes lecture, like how do you, I haven't seen you give this in a while, but how do you, how do you wrap up that lecture to kind of like get people the big ticket takeaway of this clearly it's just like yes you need to know all these things you need to know where to look but like how do you button that up for a coach to be able to take that information and use it practically
2: yeah well i think um i think an important way to wrap that up is is to definitely uh, talk to what you just said jason is it's a you know it's a it's a cheat sheet it really is a cheat sheet and um and it's it is a test that somebody can put themselves through to, uh, to really to be able to step on the dance floor and just watch movement happen and be able to see all these themes everywhere and it's and, and once you can identify all those themes you can almost evaluate your coaching um, to a, to a certain extent but I think it's also really important at the end of that lecture to mention that um, that there's other things to consider also as well and I and I and, and we and, and we talk about that with like you know the training age of the athletes, how much training experience is under the athlete, how much, how much can they get out of these positions? And, and a good example of that would be the CrossFit games. Um, we have a lot of, we have a lot of athletes at the CrossFit games who have been athletes all their life. Um, they've, they've, they've been, they've, they've trained their body. Their body is rigid. Their body can handle violations of these themes and, and they can get away with it just because of their training capacity and how much they've gathered over the, the, the time of their lifespan and um, and that's something that's really to consider is when we I think a lot of times people can watch the games and they figure, you know, they have an aha moment like, oh, my gosh, look at what so and so is doing. I need to do that in the gym. And they're doing something that is against one of the themes. Right. They're, they're violating one of the themes, but they can get away with it because, you know, this, the, the, this how much how much training their body has gone through. They can get in, in non desirable positions and come out unscathed. Right. They, they're, they're 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 all right. And, um, but the common folk, which is 99% of the people who are going to walk through the gym, not a games athlete, they can't handle those, those, those uh, undesirable positions. So it's, it's our job to make sure that uh, we, we understand those, but also understand the context in which what we see when we watch the CrossFit games. That's not exactly how I wrap it up, but that's just, he said it. I decided to answer the question there in case Don's watching. <laughs>
1: Don is watching. Well, you know, and one of the things we talk about in the lecture itself is, you know, we hit these common themes. We're going to increase performance and decrease risk. And that's really the, you know, the the goal of this it doesn't take a Flowmaster to give that answer. Right guys.
2: <laughs> no. Correct. Not-
0: Correct uh so on that note so like in all of this is aimed at giving people a good experience right and obviously keeping them coming back um trish what was the name of that affiliate let's give that affiliate a shout out regardless of a best hour affiliate or not doesn't matter like she okay. said um she said an ad had an excellent experience dropping in an affiliate today good that's
1: yeah all right that's how it should be so what while, while trish's we're waiting on trish's answer what Joe, talk a little bit more about effective stance and grip. You did earlier, Fern and I, you know, in our coaches development curriculum and affiliate, you talk about this a lot. It's kind of like low hanging fruit when it comes to coaching. If we simply look at someone's stance, oftentimes we can fix a lot. We're not worried like that in and of itself, like you mentioned, can fix midline, can fix, you know, posterior chain engagement, et cetera. What are some of the things you look for when just kind of scanning a group static position, in, in an air squat or any sort of
2: squat. Um, In reference to uh, stance and grip, you know, um, I'll, I will really just take a close look at any, any, any faults, almost any fault I see, I will take a close look at that grip and that stance because there's a really good chance that by adjusting, adjusting that grip and or stance, we can get that point of that athlete to adhere to that point of performance. And, um, uh, and I, and yeah, I think like, I, I think what you said is exactly right, Jason, like low hanging fruit. Like, let's just start with this rather than me trying to recoach and reinvent the wheel. Let me just start with having you take your feet to here. And now let me see. And, and sometimes that can backfire. Sometimes that, I mean, I'll be the first to admit I've, I, I've told somebody, Hey, take your hands wider. They take their hands wider, and then the next thing out of my, my mouth is, hey, go back to the way you were doing that before. Um, but that's the sign it's, of a good coach too. To you know, sure, So yeah, yeah, to have the humility, and, to be able to back off on your um, um, on what you said, yeah. And, 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 you know, different people like that – that, and, and I think that's I, – I, I don't think it's unrealistic to believe that grip and stance can change often. Um, I, I think we all can relate to the way – the way we felt the day after Memorial day compared to the day we felt the morning we woke up on Memorial day. When we woke up on Tuesday, we had a different threshold than what we did when we woke up 24 hours ago on that Monday. Mm-hmm. We did Murph. After you do Murph, you're just, you're, 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 you're sore. You're, 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 you come in the next day, you go to your normal stance, you go to your normal grip for whatever you're trying to do. And the co and all of a sudden you're, you're a little sore. You're a little beat up. And the coach can see that a point of performance isn't being adhered to. And that might be just a simple adjustment from a date on a day-to-day basis. Um, and you know who this is constantly, constantly their threshold is changing along that manner is if anybody on the call or anybody who watches this has ever coached teens. I mean, when you coach teens, I mean, these, you know, they're growing so fast and they're the way their brain is talking to their body and, I mean, I used to coach, I used to coach team weightlifting at the local high school. And, um, and like, I would be done with a class and be like, well done, Joe, your coach of the year, got those guys moving well. And then the next day, same kid shows up. He looks like he's got two left.
3: feet. <laughs> two,
2: four inches, and, now we got, and I'm like, whoa, God, do this with your hands, do this with your feet. But there, you're always adjusting these guys because and, and gals because their, their, their body's just changing so much.
1: How do you, how do you navigate this Joe? I mean, other than being an expert coach you if you were to if you were to be assessed at your level four if now Joe had to show up and I was watching you and you're in a class of strangers or or you're a newer coach and you know someone needs to change their stance they're too narrow and you go up to them hey let's take and they're like this is where I squat this is oh, how they I give s-. you <laughs> yeah how do you deal with yeah. that, that person
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, if I was in my L four, I'd just kind of whisper in their ear. I'd be like, "Listen, man, I'm being evaluated here. So if you could just do this right now, <laughs> help, hey, how about you help a
0: brother out?" Help <laughs> a brother just, out right <laughs> now. But I,
2: um, I know oh, what no, I, I know I, what you mean though. I, I hear you. Yeah. That. That's obviously just a joke. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I think you know what I would. I, it would. It wouldn't be far off of that. It wouldn't be far off of that because I think it would be like, "Hey, I hear you. I hear you, and that, and I have empathy for that person. I have. I, I, they've been squatting this way for a while." I see something that I want to change and and I'm like, Hey, just humor me, humor me for a second. Mm -hmm. I just want to see what it looks like. They do it once. And, 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 and because they already kind of opened the door up that like they, they're they've been doing it a certain way. Now that I got them to trust me, maybe just by saying like, Hey, I'm just, I just want to see, let me just get a look. And then I can ask them for some feedback. What do you think? Does that feel same, better or worse? And then they can Mm -hmm. tell me, but for my, but I'll always give them my personal feedback as well and be like, well, I'll tell you what. From my vantage point, that looks a lot more sound right there. That looks anatomically correct. Um, you, you just, you know, and I'm, and I'm using that exquisite gauge of uh, functional movement that I think to it to a certain extent is just kind of embedded in our in our intuition. I, I really do think that exists. And, um, uh, yeah. So I would just, I would just kind of, I would just ask them, hey man, you know, just non threatening environment. But uh, it all, it, it's all in the approach, right? It's that unaccredited degree 100%. in psychiatry that I was talking no, about, I've like. I could be like, hey, that yeah, stops right. right there and it starts right here. Get your feet wider. <laughs> and, you know, nobody's going to like, <laughs> uh, nobody's going to wide their feet up. Uh, but uh, but just to trying to work with them, making them understand that you're here to make them better. I think people can appreciate that. And, um, you know, and then, you know what, Jason? Then even if they, even maybe then it's like, if they are totally standoffish and it's like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, then, um then I mean, I, I could even maybe I would maybe I would get my, my video camera out. I would just kind of video if they're if they're unsafe. Or, I'm sorry, if they're safe, if they're not going to be in an injurious position, I'll get my video camera out. I'll, I'll do a little videotape and maybe afterwards things kind of calm down a little bit. Get them off on the side in a one on one situation. Hey, you, you, you see here this you see how close your feet are. Now let me videotape you this way. You just go a little bit wider, maybe like in a more one on one situation, not as threatening, you know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, do you have like a
0: pre, band. a pre-staged, um, picture of like a dog shitting in the woods? You'd be like, you see this, this is you right here. <laughs> this um, is, you? Yeah. This is what I see. I took this video and this is what came out. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would be really, really. No, funny. but I got to stage um, that up now. I got to yeah. stage yeah. that up. Yeah. Yeah. You, this is you. Have you, you guys had this experience at either the level one or level two, you're coaching someone. They're like, man, I've been doing it wrong this whole time. And you're like, no, like. You're not doing it wrong, you know. You're mm-hmm. learning, but but that's that's yeah. really common there at the level ones. You get especially get somebody in a better deadlift setup position, and they're like, "I've been doing it wrong for ten years, right?" And it's the same principle. It's like just try this. Let's see how it works for you. Yeah, yeah. I
0: hear you. Um,
1: yes, yes, Cody. For us older people, that's a term.
0: Yeah, if you have a VCR, Cody. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, here here's I think this is a good place to close us out i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna share a story that joe and i were on one of our um i'll call them dinner dates anytime joe and i have worked together mm. in the past we get excited we go to a oh,
1: nice dinner we've had some um, doozies yeah i heard doozies. joe went on a you went with todd akuto do to want to say to like um who's the dude that sings out like a lot, everybody was using them at the wedding that wedding um, song you know oh he's todd,
3: so popular he's
2: yeah so po- todd's gonna be upset with me if i can't.
1: All of me. He sings that all of me. Yeah. What, who is that? Yeah. Anyway, you and Todd went on a bro date to that, right?
2: Yeah. Tell my best. I, I love, I'll tell you what. I learned, that's all my professional development comes from team dinners. And, um, and I love them. I love them when they're one-on-one. And Jason, you and I have had a lot. of. I, Ackerman, I don't know if you and I have ever had a one-on-one gig together. Um, I don't know one-on-one. John Hutchins, is right. But we went to that mac and cheese spot <laughs> with you. In- oh yes, yeah, back in the day, and and uh, that's about twenty minutes from my house. Best macro. That and place in the world. Was, yeah.
0: was. Joe weird. Joe and I have both paid out of pocket dinner and broken the the dinner threshold with just two <laughs> of us. We're like, we're yeah, keep going. yeah. Um, no, the, but that I, was
1: the alcohol. But yeah,
0: yeah, but uh, but I do want to share this. Like we we've had many many conversations about coaching and affiliate ownership, and you said something years ago that has always stuck with me, and it was. I'm embarrassed of the affiliate owner that I was five years ago. Mm. Mm. And I and I want to be embarrassed of the affiliate owner that I am today in another five years. And as a coach and as affiliate owners, I think it would be super beneficial if everybody would adopt that because it it just outlines that this whole thing is a process you're never done and we should constantly be trying to outdo ourselves moving forward. Um, and I've, that's always always stuck with me, dude. So I want to thank you for that.
2: Yeah, my pleasure. I'm uh, I'm glad we got to share it on this platform. I hope it makes yeah, sense you, to people.
1: I I remember being at your box, and first of all, you gave me wine glasses. I have eight one zero wine glasses. Upstairs. Yeah, all right. And yeah. and also, it was right around the time you were getting the in body, and you were yep. like, you yeah. tried one thing, like you're always just experimenting with different ways, and it's never in such a way where it's like, let's experiment to how I can make more money. It's let's experiment to how I can provide better value to my members. And that we all know, Glassman said it on day one, you know, Mm
3: -hmm. you chase
1: that excellence, the money will come. But if you chase money, excellence isn't always by its side, you know, and an OG owner like you, Joe, like Fern just said, you know, and, and Fern, to be clear, I think you should feel that way about more things in life, not just as a business owner, right? Husband, father, grandfather. Yeah. Etc. Like you know, and people get worked up with that word "embarrassed." It's like it's not that you're embarrassed, but it's like I just want to be better at anything I care about.
2: I no, yeah. I
0: don't. I think it's okay yeah. to say embarrassed. Like we don't have to beat around the bush. Because if you think about it, if I am embarrassed of the person that I am today, I'm not. I'm not currently embarrassed of who I am. I think I'm doing a good job. But if I am embarrassed Let's of myself, of, and maybe
1: you should be embarrassed.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> but if I am doing a good job, that means I made significant strides as a human being, as a coach, as a professional, as a dad, as a husband, like whatever. I do want to be embarrassed of that I want to be like, oh, God, what a rookie. Like, how could you possibly have been that bad at the thing? Right. Like, I, I have no problem feeling like that because um, that makes me. Humility, harder. humility but, yeah. is a huge
2: humility. asset, just yeah. a huge asset to, uh, yeah. to have that humility.
1: Willing to admit there may be better ways to do this thing. Um, uh, wrong. wrong but I want to pull this up. <laughs> Corey says jury's is out. Isn't a jury is in? Wouldn't it be jury is in? All right. If well jury I appreciate is in, that, Cory. But if the, jury the jury's out, out,
0: that means that they're debating. No, the no, deli- no. Debating.
1: Deliberating. <laughs> so jury is out, but no, the verdict is in. You mess us up. Verdict. The verdict
0: is in. Joe the jury is, is the dude. out.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Joe, you're a good dude. People are saying nice things about you uh in uh in the chat.
2: This has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. I can't well, I, let's, I'm let's, so excited see. that we got to do this, guys.
1: Let's bring up this. Let's bring up the question from Kyle. Do you mind, Fern? Yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. In the topic of handling something and ke- keeping you longer, what's a solution to go about teaching, for example, a pull up where half the class can hang on the rig and half the class is but butter- So basically, and you could insert any movement, but you got veterans and you got new people in class. Pull-ups yeah. This is a great example because, yeah, some people just everyone can air squat to some degree, right? Not everyone can do a pull up. So how do you, how would you approach this,
2: uh, Joe? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm just going to use a specific example of of the pull up, and um, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of trying to build scalings into the progression, to embed the scaling into the progression as I teach the movement. So, excuse me. So with the um, with the pull up, for example. All right, we're going to we're going to start, you know, we're going to start maybe with just with some shoulder pull ups is what we're going to start with. And, or, and, and 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 if somebody can't do it, we're just guys and maybe that's just going to be even in the general warm up and then being very, very transparent with my group that like, hey, guys, we're going to get to pull ups in a little bit. And if you can't do pull ups today, maybe that's going to be there scaling for the day we're just going to have you do we're just going to have you do shoulder pull ups is what we're going to have you do um may and then maybe we start moving into now we're going to start moving up working on our kipping pull-ups so we're just going to do some kip swings so now we're doing kip swings and then being very very obvious to my to my class that hey um if you as we keep moving getting closer to this pull-up if you if you get stuck at any point you do this for the next part of the progression and you can do this in the warm-up um i think one of the um I, i think uh and then you can go into you know the two kip swings plus the kip where they get a bigger one and and then and then maybe people can do that maybe they can even do the pull up but they can't get their chin above the bar um, so uh, the, the pistol is another really good example of a way that you can you can warm up for a pistol and then before you get to the pistol you can have like seven different ways to warm up with seven different things to do to warm up and then at any given point if you get stuck you're gonna be you're gonna be right here. So that's how I would do that with a class. I'm a big fan of embedding the scaling into the progression. So everybody feels, everybody feels safe. Everybody feels welcomed. Everybody feels like they're not going to be the odd person out. Like, oh, cool. Joe just made it all right to do it this way. I'm just going to bail out of that because I don't have that capacity. And I'm going to do this for right now while everybody else is doing that next part.
0: And that's how you make it individualized for everybody because everybody's going to get their variation of that. For,
1: yeah. I mean, and essentially he described what you call kind of like the bus stop. The bus stops, yeah. Yeah. The bus um, stops. Let's, here's a, let's have an off-topic question because I see it happening in the chat. I posed the question mm-hmm. to both of you. These guys are talking about hot pockets in the chat. And I agree with Judy. There was definitely a time I'd be like, well, I'm having a lean pocket. I'm eating really well today. I'm eating healthy. So my question to both of you, prior to learning about nutrition via crossfit what's one thing you each did that you would have considered healthy where now you look back and you're like no i was dumb so i'll give you an example i used to make mac and cheese and not add the milk or butter just put the powder. oh yeah on, and i'd be like this is fat free this is good for you what's something yeah. you guys used to do that you would consider healthy for nutrition that Campbell's you know realized- chunky soup dude you <laughs> you thought you were being healthy? You, that like eight thousand milligrams of sodium, dude.
0: Well, so chicken noodle soup,
2: man, from your right from your mouth it just makes dude. you feel warm and fuzzy. Cam- yeah. But did you think you were Campbell's- being healthy when you were eating
0: it? Ch- the chunky soup I had like the clam chowder or the like. No, there weren't the ones with the with the pasta. They were just like soups. Um, and everybody, and listen, everybody can calm the fuck down about high sodium and now because now everybody's <laughs> sucking down elements. That element, yeah, yeah. I was just like, get the fuck out of here, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I was just, oh, this is, this, I was also like poor and broke, but I was just like, yeah, I mean, part of it, like craft gets- mac and cheese
1: was like literally 99 cents.
2: And <laughs> yeah, that- I think it's gotta be for most people. It's gotta be the carb loading stage that we were all educated on yeah. when we came through sport. every, every athletic coach I ever had, you, get, you eat your carbs, get your carbs and you know, eat, all, eat your spaghetti before you wrestle the next day. Uh, but for me, it would either be the carbs and, and, and just uh, um, and the, in this, in the noodles or. I'd have to go with the fat-free fig Newton. A fat-free fig Newton was the one Ooh, I would You I thought denied.
0: that was, you thought that was healthy.
2: <laughs> fat-free, fat-free man. Oh man, you guys of remember... of my way to fat-free free fig, and it was you delicious. Wanna... So <laughs> if you want
1: to date ourselves, you guys remember snack wells. Oh <laughs> yeah, I had that? plenty of snack wells, man. Yeah, fat-free yeah. cookies, and Joe, like you, cutting weight for wrestling. I'd be like these. You know what I used to do i would take i would get angel food cake because you i would step oh, on the scale with the food and look at the sure. weight and be like i can eat this because i'm still underweight angel food yeah. cake was so light i was like yeah oh, i can eat all yeah. of it you know yeah and meanwhile you're certainly not fueling yourself for a six minute go
2: the next day right? i still Speaking of you know, being embarrassed rice, of the person you used to be <laughs>
0: Rice is that what you, is that what it was, Jay? Dude, I still hammer an unreasonable amount of rice. It's, it's scary.
1: <laughs> scary. I get these sticky rice containers these days. I
2: like those. What were you gonna say, Joe? Uh, speaking of being embarrassed of the person we used to be, there's a. Good oh example, yeah, just right? yeah. The, as as you bring up snack wells,
1: <laughs> but you know, but it, it is a valuable point. I know we're kind of all joking in the chats, talking about theirs. Please let us know what yours. What what was your food you used to eat that you thought was healthy? But I do think this goes, we talk about it a lot in our coaches course, all the people in the chat, like we forget there's such a tremendous disconnect Mm. between what you've taken the level one, the base knowledge, right? For CrossFit, you are so far beyond the normal, you know, human being in there normal people still will wake up a bowl of cereal or a bagel glass of orange juice and be like, I just, you know, I started my day really well. You know, they're normal people are still afraid to get bulky lifting weights, right? Normal people still think below parallel is going to hurt you. So it's an important lesson. I know we're joking, but it is a reminder. Like we still have to educate the masses. We there, we We, still have work to do. We
2: have, it's, it's brilliant, right? Is it, uh, I'm going to mess it up. I want, I, I wish I could remember. I used to have it on my wall at my gym, but right. It is. I can't remember the exact comment. I can't remember the date, but the but the quote was that you know you are in possession of a an elegant solution to the world's most vexing problems, and that and that and that summarizes that whole L1 kernel. Is that um, yeah? It's all it's all there, and and people do once you take that L1. It's really like people need to be empowered to believe that they have that elegant solution and it's almost ignorant to uh, of us as uh, as as a species to hold that information proprietary to us right. we have to get out there and, and and believe I don't care if you haven't been coaching get out there start spreading the good word and um, and and they have it. it's all that stuff is there from the l1 and and one of my one of my not I, I can't say it's necessarily a pet peeve but definitely um, it kind of bothers me sometimes when when people say like oh i took you know i took my l1 and i see maybe somebody talking to somebody else yeah i took my l1 that's a good course you should take it too and they just kind of brush it off like yeah i took it and i learned a lot and that was good like go take it again go, 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 go do it. Like there's so much, I, I learn something at every single L one I do. And I don't know if it's like, I learned from a, a staff member that I'm working with, or I learned from like, I'm sitting in the back and I have an aha moment over the practical, the practical thing that happened this week in my gym and, and, and how it applies to the theoretical material that's, that's being presented right now, whether it's an aha moment like that, or maybe it's something that one of the uh, participants say, there is so much you, you can, it's like watching a funny movie when you watch a funny movie that second time, you're like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even hear that joke. That, that oh, time. Yeah. There's so much stuff in that L one that it is, a it is a great course. People are right, but it doesn't mean that it's just like a one and done. And, um and I also would like to see, like, I I wish we had a lens on it that it was just kind of like a, like a rite of passage that you did as a crossfitter, right? Like you you're sitting in the airport and you see somebody with a pair of nobles on or a pair of nanos and it's like, Oh, hey, you're a CrossFitter. The next, the next line should be, "Have you taken your l one yet?" And 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 I would love to change it from being a lens of like only if you're an aspiring coach. So hopefully that's you know hopefully this fundamentals course can. That's you know, where I was going to go with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, So maybe that's maybe that just kind of wraps the whole thing around. How about that? There we go. We're and, full and
1: after, now. Like Stand up you know, comedian. To to reiterate your point, Joe, I th- I took that level one with you in October of 2007, and then the girl I was dating at the time wanted to take it. And I took it again, like February ish of 2008. I learned so much more that second time. Cause now I can go there, right. It's like, I'm not stressed out. I'm not nervous. I've been through it. I'm hearing these lectures again. I had my first notes. Yeah. So if you've taken that level one, revisit it, you know, there's online, you can go just get the lectures with Chuck and DT and Jenny giving them There, you know, nowadays there's so many more opportunities. You don't even have to go somewhere. You know, you can just sit on your couch and watch the lecture. So much to learn. So, yeah, that yeah. was great stuff. Great stuff, Joe. When are we going to see you, sure. you? Are we going to see you at the games?
2: I, I hope so. <laughs> I've been to all of them since, like, 2009, but yeah, I never going. really know if I'm going until July. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's really, people ask me are you judging again i, I think i am but i, I haven't been told yet
1: <laughs> now you i i love joe he's often a team lead at the games and joe gives like when you're on uh, no pain team no pain with joe <laughs> you get like, you get mini pep talks throughout the day Fern, you yeah. get like mini pep talk like you're you're going out to judge and you're like i am ready to fight somebody like Joe gives you the straight pep talk and, and it's like, oh, we're just judging. I'm not wrestling somebody. Like Joe doesn't have that modulator for the pep talk. It's
0: Or, like- or he'll walk by and ask you a question that seems like he's joking, and then it'll freak you out. It'll be like, So is it thrusters first? And I'm like, is he fucking serious right now? Am I
3: confused? <laughs> I'm like,
0: now I'm panicking as I walk out onto the floor because I think he should know, and now he's asking me, and now I'm afraid I can't read the fucking scorecard.
1: Joe's also the only other person in the judge's room with me that understands the need to tuck in your shirt to judge. Mm. Yeah, that's a wrestler thing, for sure. Yeah, you don't want to get a, you know, I always try to get everybody to tuck in their shirt. No one will do it.
2: Yeah, and I don't, I, you know what, I, I, it is, it's kind of a bad, I'm not really that great of a friend, I appreciate the compliment, but I don't really defend you, and I don't tuck my shirt in too, it's you like, don't. everybody. I, I watch everybody make fun of you, and then I come up on the side, I'm like, hey, that's cool, I tuck my shirt in sometimes too, but I'm not going to let anybody else know that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, but I see it, I see it, I just need that oh. internal validation, and uh, yep. Jonathan, Fern and I can say, this is the first year we can say with certainty before being asked We will be at the
2: games.
0: Um, We will be at the games. We will be at the games. We will will not be judging this
2: year. Oh, my gosh. We'll we'll be judging people. people. You're always judging, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's going to be no fun happening in the back. So, basically, here's what happens at the games. There's 30-ish people, one of which is having a good time, joking around, keeping it light. That's me. Everybody else is so serious. And eventually oh, they're no. like,
0: Joe's in the corner stretching. I'm usually sleeping somewhere.
1: It's <laughs> usually just handful of whatever candy is over at the, just chow yeah, down. It's on. either
0: Skittles or the, the, the peanut butter stuffed pretzels.
1: Oh man. Yeah. It's oh. impressive. Mm-hmm. Bert throws out. But thank you, Trish. Yes. I want to be a professional. Tuck that shirt in. All right, Joe, we will let you go get back to the community over at eight one zero. Tell, tell Liz we said, hi. Um, yeah,
2: absolutely. Thanks.
1: You're going to be at some dead shows this summer. Last tour.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, we, you know we got a great concert venue about twenty minutes from us, so uh, we'll we we'll, we'll we'll be checking it out. And they come through. Something is it? This is the last tour. Of the day? this is
1: the last. So they say. Oh no
2: kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's. I'm sure that's been announced before. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. knowing that, I, I I would. Yeah, that always that that always fish hooks me. in. I think the last one I did was Bob Seeger, Last tour I had to see that one. So yeah, still you know. touring.
1: But uh, yeah, <laughs> grandfather, husband, father. Level four coach, level four life assessor, coach. life coach, all those good things. Division one wrestler. What a what a life this guy is, Joe. Would you have thought forty five ish years ago you would have all of these, you know, accomplishments mm. under your belt?
2: It's been it's it's been a I, I've been I've been very blessed. It's been a it's been a fun fun ride. It's been a fun ride. But don't kid yourself. Anybody who's had a fun ride has all those. I, I can go right, I can go right down and, and, and be like, Oh, I wish that didn't happen. Oh, I wish that didn't happen. take that one away if I could, but it has I, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, for sure. It has been.
1: We worked a seminar. This is in New Jersey. I don't know if you remember this. We were with Jason Kalipa and the snowstorm is coming in. Oh yeah. Right. And Kalipa is freaking out. And I think you guys drove, you guys like yes. I held it out, but that was like the seminar. You're like, I'm going to be a grandfather.
2: Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah! I found out, and then it was, it was actually it was Pat Barber. Yeah, Pat Jason Barber was Kalipa, there. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I want to say Matt Loaded was on that car ride too. And we drove from we drove from New Jersey all the way to Detroit, and I'll never forget that Jason Kalipa zone balanced pork rinds and licorice the whole way from, from New Jersey. <laughs> That's impressive. And, yeah. And, and he and he was counting them out in the cars. <laughs> I never saw
3: anything like it before.
1: <laughs> well, I remember you're like, I'm gonna be a grandfather and we were we're the same age. So you must have been like thirty-five. You were young, right? When you had your first
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our daughter was um we, we had our daughter when we were seventeen, and then um and then she had our granddaughter when she was seventeen. So
1: thirty-five so, ish. Um, and I was yeah, like yeah dating girls and i was like what am i doing with my life i was like this guy's (laughs) about to be a grandfather and uh as as if i got
2: it figured out as if i that's funny that's funny that you thought i had it all figured out and i'm losing my mind i'm i did i was like i was like i've done
1: nothing i was like i've done nothing i'm dating a girl right now you know, uh-huh. Joe's got mm-hmm. grandkids on the way. So,
0: uh, uh, you're right, Michael, that is exactly what I was thinking, but not cool as much paint. as Cody was thinking it.
1: We showed up without a plan. So there is Shilled no the timeline. timeline though. We had a, Cody hey, always listen, gives us a plan. I'm proud of
0: myself. Uh, Cody, I got to many of the questions that you had you did. Us, good, lined up for us. So yeah, good job today. Fern. I've made the producer happy.
1: That's all there is. I, I've really, you know, Joe is an OG, a legend. And, uh, it's really, you know, we appreciate you coming on. When we reached out to all you guys for the L2, it was like a wish list of people. And every single one of you said yes, which was awesome. But yeah, it's been paid cool. to you, to Pat, Barber to Jennifer Hunter Marshall coming on mm-hmm. a handful of others. Like, man, we are really lucky to have people like Joe DeGain in this industry, keeping that salt shaker right in the center of the table where it belongs. Right, Fern?
0: Yep. Thanks,
2: brother.
3: Thank you, Joe. My
2: pleasure. Bye, guys.